come back. Round two. Fight. No fight today. There's always a fight, let's face it. Just. Ah. Fight. Hey, uh, we are in our kind of organic rotation of different kind of Sundays and intentionalities. Um, we are having a time of corporate prayer together, uh, focusing on one of the seven mountains of influence. So I'll, I will explain and, and go over those. Um, but again, we are a community, an equipping community. And so we want you to be, uh, not just to you know, come along on a Sunday and have a good time, um, but we want you to be equipped to live every day with Jesus, every day uh, loving Him, loving people, making disciples and bringing the kingdom of God into whatever sphere of influence you have. And you might be sitting here going, I don't have a sphere of influence. You absolutely have a sphere of influence. It might be a child, it might be some friendship, it might be a workplace, wherever you are, if you live in a neighborhood, God has given you a sphere of influence to impact and transform that place. God has good plans, and they're not just that you would prosper, but that through your life, many people would prosper and be blessed and be transformed by you. Uh, this concept of seven mountains, uh, it's just, uh, it came out of a, a couple of guys, I don't forget who it was, um, but they just looked at these significant areas of influence uh, in each uh, kind of community or nation, and there were seven particular areas that, um, that kind of really guide and shape the culture of a nation. Okay. And so those seven mountains, and again, it's just a, a, it's not actual physical mountains, hopefully you're getting that, but the, the seven mountains are religion, family, education, government, uh, media, arts and entertainment, and business. Okay. So it's within each of these different um, cultural areas that really nations are shaped by how these mountains are influenced. Okay, so religion, and that's all forms of belief systems, not just Christianity. So the arts and entertainment, so we know in media, like social um, kind of outlets, all of that sort of stuff, um, that's kind of a mixed media. So that's our, anything that's communicated um, kind of broadly to culture. Um, education, so all of our different forms of education systems, the family, through the family home, um, and different relational networks, government, which is the one we're touching on today, and that's all forms of government. Uh, it's not just politics, but that is part of uh, the governmental mountain and, uh, and the business sphere. So the mountains are where culture is taught and caught. It's within these different mountains of influence. They are strategically important for the advancement of God's kingdom. They need kingdom influence, and that kingdom influence comes through people in all levels of the mountain. So it's not just the person who's at the top of the mountain, the most powerful person, but it's actually every, so if you're involved in business at any level, you would be given a sphere of authority from the Lord to impact, to bring the culture of heaven into that place, to see those mountains changed. I listened to a great, uh, Rod actually forwarded me a, um, a podcast from Lance Wolnow, so, and he speaks a lot about this sort of stuff, but it's really interesting when you, if you do a study of significant, significant cultural shifts or maybe um, uh, groups that have pushed forward a particular agenda, the, the reason why things, certain things become globally acceptable is because they've managed to, through all of these different 
uh, mountains bring in those ideas. So it might even be a small minority kind of culture or group and they manage to, through all of these different mountains, spread their influence and then start to shape culture. The issue is that the church is probably focused mainly on the religious mountain. They've disregarded the others and that's why we've seen the culture in our nation and many nations shift away from the culture of heaven, the culture of the kingdom and become more and more and more secularized. So we need to understand how important it is just through our daily lives and sometimes more significantly depending on the amount of authority we've been given that we need to be shaping the culture for God's glory and for the benefit of the world. Amen? And this is when Jesus talks about the leaven of the kingdom. So like yeast that's, that's um, woven into dough, we are to be the leaven of the kingdom. We are to go out in every sphere every mountain, every place, and to be Christ in those places and start to shape culture around us. We're not supposed to hide from culture. We're supposed to be the ones who influence culture. That's when Jesus said uh, to Peter, Peter, you are the rock, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That means I'm going to send you out and you're going to be on the offensive to destroy the works of darkness, to destroy the works of the enemy and to usher in my kingdom into every place. And to the darkest of places, God's desire is that his kingdom would come, his lordship would be established. So as we focus on and we pray into today the government mountain, it's important to understand it's not the government's job to lead the nations. But they do decide what is legislated and therefore what must be legally adhered to. So the government has a role and they have a significant and influential role in our culture. But again, what has happened in history is maybe we have kind of let the government kind of make decisions, hopefully on our behalf, without us intentionally praying and investing our time and energy into that particular mountain. So the government of our day is, has a, a very important role, and so therefore it's very important that we are um, wise as to what's going on there. We have understanding and that whatever influence God would have us have, and that might be just the, the simple fact that you get to vote and you get to influence um, culture through the vote, but it means being informed and not just assuming, oh, that, you know, they've got a nice smile, I'll vote for them. You know, being informed, that's, that should be that's our responsibility we have because we have the blessing to actually help to shape culture and make decisions. And again, as Christians, we are not representing a book. We are representing the heart of the Father. Okay, so again, this can be sometimes the, um, you know, even in politics, people say, well, we, we stand for this value because the Bible says so. And the majority of culture says, but we don't care what the Bible says. So again, just to say, well, you have to, you have to do it this way, government, because the Bible says so, and yet they don't follow the Bible. But again, we're not, we're not just trying to preach, well, it says in Deuteronomy this, or Matthew this, or whatever we say. This is the heart of, we know, this is the heart of the Father, which is to care and love and nurture, and He has the best in mind for His people that He created. And so we represent the heart of the Father. So it's, sometimes it's not even overtly Christian in how we live our lives. It's not about attaching Jesus or writing a, you know, putting a Christian fish symbol on everything that you do. It's about representing the heart of God. The heart of God is for the unborn, to protect them. 
You know, the heart of God is for the oppressed. The heart of God is for those who are in slavery. The heart of God is, is for righteousness and for peace and for life to, to, to come in every sphere of society. So we say, well, that's what we want to represent. And we have an opportunity. We have the blessing of opportunity to do that. So again, the government in a nation is not the same as the government of God. So God's government, that's a spiritual government. Okay, so we understand, and I know the language is the same, so it's, we might get confused. When we talk about the government of God, we are talking about the spiritual authority that the Lord has over every sphere. God is in authority ultimately over every sphere, but it's not being played out because we are not doing our job in walking in the authority that God has given to us to influence each of these mountains. So the government in a nation is not the same as the government of God, but God does govern nations partly through the earthly government, but also through the other six mountains. Okay. And the, the fact is Jesus is Lord regardless of who's in power. And we shouldn't sit back and say, oh, well, Scott Morrison, he's a Christian, so oh, take your foot off the accelerator, you can just cruise for a bit. It doesn't actually change anything because it's, that doesn't necessarily shape the culture of the nation. Just because the leader is a Christian, we all need to be doing our part, being bold, being courageous, speaking out, fighting, rallying, doing our part to represent the kingdom in every place that we are. 1 Timothy 1 to 3, so 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 3, says that we are to pray, intercede, and give thanks for kings and all people in authority. So this is God's command for every believer, that you are to pray for those who are in authority. And this means we are to pray for everyone, whether we agree with them or not. So you might say, oh, this, oh that, well, they're not a, that prime minister or that political leader or that person there in authority, they're not a Christian. It doesn't matter. You still pray for them, and you pray for God's um, blessing over them. You pray for them to make righteous decisions. Unrighteous people can still make righteous decisions. God can still govern even through the worst of people. And we're not to make a judgment on people because we actually don't know their story. But I'm just saying, you might look at someone and say, well, they're, they're for things that don't represent Christianity. So, oh, they're bad, let's stay away. That's even more of a reason to get behind and say, well, God, we just pray that you would help them. You would convict their hearts. You would, you would uh, cause them to make righteous and godly decisions. So you can pray that all leaders will make righteous and godly decisions. Praying for leaders, even when we don't think they're doing the right things, is productive towards God's plan and purpose for the nations. We desire righteous leaders, but God can still even work through unrighteous leaders. So pray for our government regardless of who's in power. Your prayers are powerful. Your prayers are influential. Even the work that we do, like this is the thing, when we talk about the prayer room and, and the work that gets done there in intercession, that is dismantling power structures. That's doing spiritual government, governance at a different level. But all of that can open up doors for kingdom influence, can shape culture, can free people up. And we're talking high-level kind of spiritual warfare stuff. And again, I'm not, you might not be into all of that sort of thing, but you need to know that it's really important. And so... You know, don't dismiss it because it's not necessarily the most intuitive thing. It's not, not necessarily the most intuitive thing for me. Um, but I know that God works through intercession. Proverbs 21 verse 1 says, The heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord. He can turn it however he wants. So again, your prayers are important. Every person on the face of the earth has at one point not believed in Jesus 
and then they were turned and they became a believer, a follower of Jesus. Okay, so even, even different political leaders, if we're looking at that to say, well, they're not, they might become a Christian tomorrow and they might because you're praying for them and you're behind them and people are loving them and blessing them and supporting them. Okay, get behind our leaders. While praying for those who are already in authority, we must also pray for godly men and women to rise up and take their place in positions within the government across our nation. Proverbs 29.2 says, when the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. So again, that we'd be praying for people. This is like students at school who maybe have a spark in their heart for, for, and have political aspirations. I'd love to be involved. That we'd be getting behind them, praying for more and more Christian men and women. To, to step up in those, in those places of government, pray, and we're gonna pray for favor for them. Now again, there might be certain political parties, and um, we have Marika here today, and she is representing, she represents Australian Christians, a, a political party. We are not here advocating for a particular political party. This is a time of prayer for the government and insight into that. But again, if you have, if you're like, oh, but I'd love to know more about that, please seek them out, like we, we're not, anti any party, and, but we're not saying, we just kind of felt like, you know what, we're not here to tell you how to vote. We want you, like in everything, to mature in your understanding of these things and to make wise decisions. We're not here to say, well, okay, as a church, we've decided this is how we're all voting. That would be controlling and not good. And so we're not gonna do that. But what we want you to do is to say, but take it seriously because it matters, it really matters. Things that are going through legislation that's been passed, literally a bill that's been put forward in, in Victoria at the moment uh, is against, it's an anti-conversion um, bill. So this is where, you know, maybe organizations or even churches have done conversion therapy on people. So someone who says, well, I'm a, I'm a homosexual or I'm transgender and they would come along and have some counseling to be, you know, converted from being homosexual or being transgender to being straight. Okay, so they're putting forward this bill to say to, uh, to eradicate anyone so that you're not legally allowed to do that. Okay, conversion therapy isn't that common, but some of the sneaky kind of parts in that is that potentially what could happen is that I would not be legally allowed to stand up here and say that homosexuality is a sin, or if I did, then I would be put in prison for 10 years. So if you've ever thought that oh, we live in this free country and certainly persecution is never gonna come to us, you better believe it's coming. And it's gonna sneak in, but you know how it sneaks in? Through these little kind of things. Oh, group puts forward like this and everyone's like, oh, it's not, not a big deal, it's not a big, oh, we don't really do that anyway, it's not a big deal, but it has attached to it more control and more shutting the voice of righteousness in our nation. So you, but we need to be informed about these things so we can pray so we can have the conversation, so we can vote righteously and in God's plan. Okay. But again, I know uh, already, Eve, just in this kind of local area, there are, are also Christians that are in uh, political parties that maybe don't represent Christian values or represent the kingdom, and yet they're in there to have influence. So we need to pray for anyone in, in politics that says yet, that said yes to Jesus, to following him, that they would have favor and opportunity, that their voice would be heard, that they would rise up the ranks in those political parties to be an influence in those places. Amen? All right. Cool, that's all I'm gonna say on that. Hopefully that's the, the G up to say, okay, we need to be paying attention when it comes to things of politics. I'm not politically savvy, okay? 
I know that. Lisa, my wife, she she's kind of has no how about that said. I'm not, but there are issues that we need to be informed about. And there's probably things that go on that you're not even aware of how bad some things are. So again, to just to be switched on and to be tuning in to what God is saying and what he is doing, but also to know, um, and uh, so we... Uh, met Marika, so myself, uh, Rachel and Nicole went to a, a leaders gathering a few months back, um, but hearing um, the story of what was happening, particularly within Australian Christians when it comes to intercession and setting up, you know, kind of places of prayer, because that is the, the, the first kind of port of call uh, in the local government is that we would be praying and shifting the atmosphere and opening up doors and dismantling the other, like strongholds and all of that sort of stuff, displacing powers so that the righteousness and the kingdom of God can come. Um, but we love that, you know, kind of that way and that approach of doing that. But it's so important that we have understanding and insight so we know how to pray and, uh, and what part that we can play uh, in doing that and advocating for it. So, amen. Awesome. I'm going to hand over to... Uh, to Nicole, and, uh, and we're going to join together. So again, in this time of prayer, if you might feel like, oh, I'm not, I don't want to pray out loud, you don't, we're not going to force you to do anything. You're welcome just to listen and agree when we're having kind of corporate prayer time. But uh, yeah, bless you. Uh, yeah, yeah. All righty. Hi, everyone. What an amazing day, hey? It's just like, so awesome. I love it. Very family, which is great. So what we're going to do is I'm going to introduce Marika to you. And she's going to share for about 10 minutes just some of her journey into um, where the Lord's called her um, into the Australian Christian Party um, and how the Lord has used her but been moving her, um, how they've changed some stuff that they've been doing there. Um, and so just listen for keys, okay? She's going to really share some amazing insight. And so we just want to be listening because there's keys for us to be had so that when um, we're just in our prayer set or when you're by yourself and you're praying, that you're going to have keys that you can um, use, Okay. Also then what we're going to do is we're going to break up into groups of threes or fours and we're going to go through some prayer points, okay? And so um, uh, myself, Marika, will lead you through that, so be ready. And then at the end, what we're going to do is we're going to gather anyone who would like to, um, if you work in any sphere of government, um, whether that's you're at a local level or federal or state level, doesn't matter. Um, and we'll invite you to the front end. We're just going to gather around you and pray for you and just cover you, okay? Does that feel good? Yeah? All right, awesome. Why don't you come up, Marika? Welcome her. She's been very generous in giving her time today. Oh, thank you so much, Brett. Cool. Thanks so much. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. How are you guys? I love this church. The moment, the first time I met Pastor Brad and the team, I thought paradox. That's sort of a bit of what I am in the political sphere because often um, when you talk about politics, uh, it's sort of the last thing people want to talk about. You know, we, we found this, this kind of convergence where 
people think, you know, the separation of church and state means that Christians can't be mobilised and in the conversation or the political conversation at all. So I find that that's been a lie that's been sold to the church and Christians and it's actually forced us uh, to withdraw from a lot of the important conversations that we should be having. So hopefully today we'll encourage you because I've learned a fair bit over the last probably five years of being at Australian Christians. Um, And prior to that, I did a fair bit of community development work. So really been involved in regional community development, working with schools, Indigenous communities, remote areas. I've worked in prisons, I've worked in detention centres. So I've worked in so many different areas. And the one thing that I realised is having that influence in government, that's where we change laws. That's where we actually have the opportunity to change legislation. And so my heart is to encourage you today to understand, I guess, or share some of those spiritual tools and some of those spiritual keys um, that God's sort of been saying to us as a political party what we need to do. So hopefully um, there'll be a few good things and just trusting that the Holy Spirit will really speak to you today. And I think that's really what we can all do is just constantly going, God, you're at the helm. You need to do what you need to do and just trust that his will manifests in this state. Fantastic. So for us as a political party, um, it's been an interesting one over the last two years. Uh, We had a, every year we have a prayer retreat and it's a group of us that come together and we go, okay, God, we're sort of really trusting and wanting to hear what your heart is for WA heading into the next year. So we get together as a team and we just spend a weekend praying and fasting. And so two years ago, God sort of dropped this this word into my heart, momentum. And it was all about equipping in unity going forward. And I was going, okay, God, I, I don't quite know what that means yet, but sort of trusting you in that. And back then, didn't sort of realise at the time that there was quite a lot of topical issues and legislation being passed through government. And so God was saying, Marika, you need to create the vehicle for movement so that churches are actually hearing and understanding what is happening in our state. Because we all vote. We're all responsible to steward that vote. But we have to know what's going on. So anyway, we started this conference um, and this workshop called Momentum. And it pulled together a range of other organisations and we go around and we equip churches on sort of the key things of what's happening in WA. Now through that, that's actually the cleverness of God and God's starting to actually prepare the hearts of churches, being open to talk about things politically. Now nothing that we're doing that's amazing, but it's just sort of us laying that down in God's feet and going, God, how do we do this? How do we soften people's attitudes to politics. So momentum's been ongoing for the last couple of years. We've been doing, I think we've done about 30 or 40 of these sessions throughout WA. And then last year I was going, okay, things are going great. We're really sort of getting this political party thing down packed. And God goes, okay, now's the time of rebuilding. And I remember thinking to myself, we've just spent all this time doing the things that a political party should do and things that we thought was really good. And God goes, Marika, it's time to build the prayer wall. So at this retreat last year, it was quite a desperate situation for us because we got to a point where we thought, okay, God, um, 
what do we do? What does the next year forward look like? Because at the time, it was quite tricky for us financially. There was a lot of political parties uh, sort of registering and we really wanted to know whether, you know, there was a value of us still being around. And God said, spiritually, build the prayer wall. So over the last year, um, in the midst of everything we faced and limited resources, God said, okay, well, you need to hire a prayer coordinator. And I thought, okay, Lord, uh, we're a political party firstly. Um, This is a bit weird, but okay. The resources are looking a bit thin, but okay, we'll hire a prayer coordinator. And that was sort of the start of God really breaking certain things down and teaching us how to pray with churches and how to actually intercede for our suburbs. You see, the thing we don't realise, folks, is we can pray for people in government. It's so important. But you know what? There are people in our suburbs and in our regions and in our nation, we need to actually intercede for them. We need to intercede in our local areas. So what we've been doing is God sort of gave Cynthia Wong, who's our prayer coordinator, an apology she can't be here today. She's sort of at another church um, doing, doing similar to what I'm doing. Um, but God showed us the first thing as part of us being an influence in government is praying um, in our regions. And that's actually taking churches through a process of understanding praise, understanding worship, humbling ourselves before him, repenting on behalf of that region, coming before him and just going, Lord, have your way. And it's been beautiful because as a result, pastors have invited us us in and some, some churches we go to don't even have intercessors. They don't even have regular people who pray with them. So it's almost like last week, this pastor goes, Marika, I feel like there's, there's like this water, like living waters in our church again for the first time in years because God's actually equipping his church. He's building his church because we're all one body, right? We're all one body in Christ. And so what we're doing is actually serving the church and then serving the people of that region. So prayer has been a really important thing. We pray weekly, daily. We have a team of prayers or intercessors who actually intercede for every single region in WA. Um, And there's 60 60 of these uh, lower house regions. So it's so important. So praise, um, we take communion, we worship, we take pastors, um, uh, uh, through a process of, of interceding and understanding what's happening in that region. And then we bring those families before Christ and we go, Lord, we, we stand with these people in Jesus' name and we cleanse. We just praise and we cleanse, we repent. Um, and of course, we take communion. The final step of, of, of equipping these churches and these pastors is actually taking communion together. So it's been a very powerful process. And obviously, doing things completely different <laughs> to what some of the other parties have been doing it. But you know what? God knows. And I think it's at a point now, especially for WA, where um, we have to realise, guys, that God is the only hope. There's so much brokenness out there. There are so many people desperate for what we have. And so for us, a part of trusting that governments are righteous, the only way that can happen is when we're actually praying, interceding and trusting for God's best 
for our suburbs. So that's sort of in a nutshell um, what we've been doing. And I just want to share this with you just quickly before we pray. Um, the two key scriptures that God actually gave us um, was 2 Kings 19 verse 29. And it was in the backdrop of a crisis near the destruction of Hezekiah. And God said to us, this year you will eat what grows by itself. The second year what springs from that. But in the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards and eat the fruit. And you know, with this, God actually assured us that absolutely the time for the church the time for Christians to actually reap what's been sown through so many pastors, that, that, that time is here. And then Joshua 5, verse 14 to 15, um, you know, God calling us to live a holy life, totally in submission to him. You know, that's been um, a big thing for me as well. You know, yes, whatever we do as an organisation or as people, that's, that's almost irrelevant because for us, it's about, okay, God, what, what do we do? How do we honour you in what we're doing? So it's not necessarily about key people or what the organisation is doing. It's about him. And it's about character and holiness before him, about being a consecrated people. So if I can just, yeah, encourage you around that, there are good things happening. And Please, the intercessory teams and, and praying in our suburbs, if that's something you're interested in, um, you know, see, see Nick or Pastor Brad because it's so important that we do that for the sake of the families out there. We're all Christians in here already. The need is out there. So that's what we want to see. We want to see people uh, find the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I'll bring Nick back up. And I guess we can um, do some praying, hey? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Do we have those slides? All right. How about everyone stand up, get a little shake on, a little movement. Yes. <laughs> Let's. All right. So what we're going to we'll do first is you want to gather into groups of three or four people, please. So each prayer point, we're probably going to just give about um, three or four minutes to pray, um, and we want the workload to be shared, okay? So no hogging all the prayer. <laughs> all right, tell, let us know if you haven't got a group. Put your hand up if you haven't got a group. Doesn't matter if it's a little bit more than four, that's fine. All good? <laughs> awesome. All right. So if you look up to the screen, we have a, our first prayer point, okay? Okay, so that the issues that are on God's heart would be prominent and his will would be done in and through our government systems. Yes. All right. Mm. Mm. Go for it, guys. Start praying. <laughs> oh, yes, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that there are things that are on your heart that are important, Father, and I thank you, the core values of moral law and sacrifice and freedom and honesty and integrity, Lord. Those things that we would see them manifest in our government systems, Lord God, that we'd, we, we would see people raised up in local, state, federal government that uphold those core values, Lord. Not political correctness, Lord, but godly correctness. We 
call that into local government, into state government, into federal government, Lord. And we thank you, Father, for your righteousness to prevail in these systems, Lord, that we will see your values, Lord, instilled and implemented and solidified in these government systems in WA, in Jesus' Name. Jesus' Name. Amen. 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 All right, can we have number two? Oh, you're on to it. Kev, well done. (laughs) All right, so favour, wisdom and support for Christian candidates and those in existing government positions. Let's go, hey? Yes, Lord, we thank you that you call leaders to lead with wisdom and knowledge and discernment, Father. So I pray for every candidate out there, Lord. I pray even, Father, for for um, us, Lord, as we're out there and uh, just proclaiming truth, Lord, that you would be with every single Christian proclaiming truth, proclaiming righteousness, Lord. I pray protection over them, over their families, Lord. I pray, Father, as they speak, that your angels would just form a hedge of protection around them, Lord. I pray that you will strengthen them, equip them, Lord, and embolden them. And Lord, we stand against the intimidation of the enemy. We we put him on notice. We will not be fearful. We will not give up ground, Lord. So I thank you right now, Lord, that you embolden every single Christian candidate out there, Father. Uphold them, Lord. Holy Spirit, that you would give them the, the wisdom, the words, the knowledge, Lord, to stand firm, Father God. Thank you, Father. Greater is He, Lord. Greater are you, Father God. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. All right. Number three, that Christians would understand the important role of the governmental mountain in helping to shape our society. That they'd be stirred to pray for our political leaders, understanding uh, understanding the power of their vote. Seek to know the issues that are facing our nation. (laughs) That that would come out of denial. Pray for opportunities to see God's kingdom come through the government in our nation. Mm. Right, we'll give you a little bit longer for this one, hey? Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. You're doing so well, family. It's beautiful. Um, just when we, when you guys were praying, I just really felt like there was an opportunity for some corporate repentance where we can stand in the gap um, on behalf of our state, our region, in, especially in the area of choosing denial over the issues that are going through our legislation, um, where we've chosen denial um, in and just hiding ourselves in the Lord instead of being aware of what's going on around us. Yeah? Yeah. So we're just going to pray into that, hey? And then Marika will pray. Mm. Jesus, we just come before you. And we just as a corporate body, a corporate family, we just come in repentance. We repent for choosing denial to the issues that are on your heart, that is in our very streets of our community. Father God, where um, the, the laws, minor and major, are being passed daily. And Lord, we've chosen to bury our head in the sand. We've chosen denial, Father, rather than being aware of it. We've chosen busyness rather than being aware and alert. 
We've chosen denial instead of being the gatekeepers and the watchmen on the wall. And we repent, Jesus. We repent. We repent, Jesus. Have mercy on us. We repent. Jesus, we just ask that you would come and you would dismantle the structures of denial in your church where we've neglected the walls, Father, where we've neglected our streets, Father, where we've neglected the seats in our um, in parliament, Father God. Lord, just to be a voice, just to carry what we're called to carry, Father. Instead, where we've chosen to hold back, where we've chosen to withdraw our voice, we repent, Jesus. We repent, and Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would breathe over us, breathe over your church, awaken your people. You are awakening your people to your spirit. And we just ask that you would awaken your people to what's going on in our nation, Jesus. That we would have a strong desire to break every connection with denial. Every connection with justification, every um, strength of structure that would have to be with withdrawing our voice, Jesus. Father, yes, Lord. Father, we thank you, Father, that you hear our prayers, Lord. You see our hearts, Father. So, Lord, we just want to lift up WA before you. Lord, you you know, Father, better than any of us the strategies that need to be implemented, Lord. Your heart is, is for this state, is for its people, Lord. So, Father, we just pray that you would give us creative solutions, godly solutions, how to uh, reach out to our young people, Lord God, how to educate those around us, Father God, to, to be more aware of what's going on, Lord. And that, Father, that people's hearts will be stirred for righteousness, for what is good, Lord, that we will not put our heads in the sand, that we will not remove ourselves from the conversation, that we will not believe the lie that the enemy has sold to say Christians and politics don't mix. Thank you that we can debunk that lie, Lord, that we can throw it out, Lord God, that we can a, a trust and know, Lord, the authority that we have as God's kids. So I thank you, Lord, for the best for this state, Lord. I thank you that your hand is on our suburbs. I pray for every single church and pastor, Lord God, that you would stir in them with a new fervency, Lord God, and that you would uphold them and strengthen them and refresh them, Lord. Open their eyes, open their spiritual eyes, Lord God, to what's happening, Lord. And Father, through that, we will see righteousness and revival in this state, in Australia, in Jesus' Name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you. Heavenly Father, praise you.